The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On round two today, sorry, it's a little of in-studio chaos because we're, we're missing equipment and now Brad Bradford has been uh, deputized as a technician. So, City Councilor Brad Bradford is here. Tim Hudak, former leader of the Ontario Conservatives, now at the Ontario Real Estate Association. Mitzi Hunter is the former MPP for Scarborough, ran for mayor of Toronto. Nice to have you all. Let's talk about a pretty thorny issue in our town, and that would be the idea of people getting so sick and tired of cars being clo- uh, being stolen and home invasions, they went out and hired their own guard. But this isn't something that you could do on the cheap. It's costing each household, 57 of them, 180 bucks a month. Brad Bradford, that is kind of two-tiered policing, isn't it? It's problematic for sure. I mean, it really speaks to the issue that, uh, that folks are feeling in their neighborhoods and their communities across the city right now. They don't feel safe. Crime is up. The statistics bear that out. And, uh, you know, the police are, are having challenges with the resources that they are allocated to have the patrols to sort of to sort of stop this stuff. And so uh, what I was hearing this morning, the, the security company has been successful in having a presence there. Uh, they haven't seen the carjackings and, and thefts to the same extent that was happening before. But that's not sustainable, right? And, uh, you know, in a sense, it's probably just moving that criminal activity somewhere else. So we need to make sure as we head into the 24 budget season here at City Hall, that we are prioritizing safety across the city, across our transit, and that the dollars and the resources are there to deliver that service effectively for people. And Mincy Hunter, what drove this particular community over the line was the fact that not only were cars being stolen, but doors were being kicked in and people physically threatened. Yeah, I, I actually think this is a, I mean, it's preventative vigilante, I, and I think it's very problematic, and we don't want citizens to feel as if they have to take the law into their own hands because they don't feel safe and protected in their city. I I, I think this is a slippery slope and, 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 you know, I I don't, I wouldn't want to see more of this happening. I I think that um, the car theft issue is way out of control. I know that uh, police divisions, you know, not just Toronto, but in, in, in the whole region is really looking at, at ways to tamp that down. And people also need to, to take their own sort of preventative measures. I know my mom, she has a club lock, you know, on her car and, um, and, and anything that you can do to deter, um, you know, your vehicle or your home from looking like it's, it's an easy target. I think it's really important for people, especially in the holiday season as they're in malls and, you know, make sure you put things in your trunk and, 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 you know, dissuade people as much as possible from, um, taking your property. Tim Hudak, I know the law is not going to change, but I've heard from a lot of people this morning via text who say, yeah, makes me want to have a gun. They wouldn't do that. Uh, not an uncommon thing that I uh, hear, John, in, in our neighborhood. 33 cars per day, not per month, not per week, per day in Toronto that are being stolen. We contributed two to that cachet. Sadly, our neighbors, we have some friends that lost three. We had friends as well where somebody actually broke through the front door, walked into the house. Their 12-year-old daughter was there sitting doing homework and was paralyzed with fear because the guy was scrounging around for the car keys. I'm glad to see the budget is including more police to go after this area. I don't know why they seem to have a free pass at our ports to ship the cars overseas. And to the issue at hand, 
I'd be tempted to pony up. Like we have on video how they stole our both of our cars. The second one, they actually snooped around with five or six cars within camera shot. Came back to ours because we had the least protection. We got a club now. We didn't back then. That's still not good enough. I'd pony up, but I want to see more cops on the street. I don't know if there's anything really to be debated about this, but uh, the video sure is amazing. It was a police chase that started slow and got faster. Somehow this guy managed to drive around and evade police in downtown Toronto. I can't even walk in downtown Toronto, but it finished with police driving um, what is basically an armored vehicle into the side of this truck and bringing it all to a stop. Uh, Mitzi Hunter, did you have any thoughts on it? I did too. I, I, was, I was sort of wondering, oh my goodness, is this, you know, like a, a, a police movie? Because this normally does not happen in our city because it's too dangerous. There's, you know, so many risks along the way. But, you know, given that this was a violent crime that was perpetrated before the theft of the U-Haul, um, maybe there was a calculation made that this person had to, had to be stopped. And, um, you know, my understanding is that they they actually chose the location of where to stop him and that it, it was the one deemed the safest possible. But boy, you know, I got to say that it, you, you kind of have have your, your heart in your hand because there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong along that route. Tim Hudak, when you look at the wreckage of how this all ended, that's a lot of public property. But Mark Mendelson, our crime specialist, said, hey, that's the price of doing business. Yeah, I, I heard Mark this morning. It's unfortunate, but true. I, I'm perplexed by why it was a U-Haul. It, it took me back a bit to, you know, Al Cowling in the white Ford Bronco with, with OJ <laughs> hiding in, in the back. <laughs> but, you know, John, too, earlier in the week, you asked uh, all of us, are we feeling any safer in the city? And we look at people hiring private security to protect their vehicles and their homes in this police chase. Uh, certainly, I think the sentiment of News Talk 1010 listeners is certainly not. Yeah, and fold into that, these guys with hammers smashing cases and stealing jewelry and pepper spraying off-duty cops at a mall in Scarborough It's or at a store in Scarborough. Uh, Brad Bradford, there's a lot of crap going down. Yeah, it definitely feels that way, and Torontonians are seeing it. I'll tell you, I had the same thought as you when I watched the footage of this chase. It's like, I don't know where he is in downtown Toronto that he's able to navigate the streets. So <laughs> it wasn't on Simcoe. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the other thought I had was it was like watching an episode of Cops from the early 2000s or something. Uh, you know, tip of the cap to the officers for the uh, the maneuver there. And then you see that type of equipment, um, you know, the uh, the emergency operations, task force vehicles, things like that, and especially when we talk about the budget, uh, folks sometimes get worked up about these specialized pieces of equipment, but you saw it on full display uh, yesterday being used very tact uh, in a tactful way and, um, you know, commend the officers for, for able to, to get the takedown and keep everybody safe. A busy day in Toronto. Tim Hudak, I'll start with you. The Prime Minister is meeting the mayor to talk about everything from refugees to housing. I looked up at one of the monitors and Sean Fraser, the housing minister, Minister is also in town. And then we have this business of 240 new shelter beds being opened and uh, 40 of them opened today. But your thoughts? Well, it's not uncommon. I mean, when, when Parliament uh, recesses, there's still time before Christmas where you can get back uh, on the road. You know, whether you're asking if I'm looking into a major announcement from the Prime Minister today, it, you, you tend to get a bit more media when it's outside of, of the Christmas season. So it could just be discussions and working together to build a, a stronger Toronto. On the shelter beds, good to see that happening. But honest to goodness, John, I, I really do think that you have to separate out 
uh, refugees and asylum seekers who are who are helping to drive the homelessness crisis and lack of beds and shelters and and separate them out. The services are not appropriate for them. They should be federally run as well because then it will actually have some skin in the game for the federal government to solve the issue, speed up the procedures, the court processes, and such. I think when they get into the ref- into the system with homeless, they get lost and both problems get exacerbated. I'm not sure if the prime minister is a news talk ten ten listener. He should be. There's my advice while he's in town. No, I hear they're not happy with me, but I don't care. Uh, Brad Bradford, are you hoping the mayor gives the prime minister the gears today? Well, I'm actually going to be joining them a little bit later this morning, so okay. it is uh, not going to bigfoot the announcement there, but we are going to be talking about housing, and you'll recall last week at Council, we had uh, the city's response to the minister's uh, recommendations on how Toronto can accelerate housing. Uh, I moved four amendments on the floor there to, to push us to be even more ambitious, and I think that's how I found my way into this morning's announcement, but look, uh, you know, Tim's absolutely right. Uh, the refugee crisis continues to put a ton of pressure on the shelter system here. Um, there, are, there are moments where our, our shelters are at 40% capacity with refugees and asylum seekers. We need a long-term solution for that. And, and then it's all along the housing continuum. We need more housing supply. We need to deliver it faster, get folks out of shelters, get them into stable housing with the support so that they can be successful. And, you know, to the federal government's credit, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that they're stepping up with a whack of money to help municipalities like Toronto deliver those core services for people. And Mitzi Hunter, as I'm listening to Brad, I'm thinking they are the same file, housing and homelessness. And so I guess that then it's fitting all these people are in town today. Yeah, sure. It's definitely the same file. And, you know, we have to to make sure that people get out of being homeless um, and unhoused as quickly as possible. And and so that the situation doesn't become hopeless and, and chronic. So, uh, first of all, I want to commend the city for working together with the province to find a solution this winter because we know the the horrors that have been playing out on the streets of Toronto and and elsewhere for for people who find themselves on on the streets with nowhere to go winter is here so making sure that those temporary facilities are there and i actually don't think that there's any reason why what what tim hudak says can't just be done on on those sites where there is processing and making sure that uh, those who need to be pulled out of that unhoused situation and uh, and their their paperwork process quickly uh, should be done so that um, that they can get you know working and and permanently housed um, I saw this happen in one of the church basements um, revival time tabernacle when when pastor Judith James and others stepped up um, when the the city and the province and the federal government had failed to do so so now that it's it's back in with the three orders of government hopefully they're working together to make sure that the refugee situation is dealt with, uh, also that there's more permanent solutions, and hopefully today is a big announcement, and it's not just one time. Canada was thanked by name yesterday in a video by a senior officer in Hamas. All of this is over the growing campaign and the growing number of countries that are backing it to push for a ceasefire in the war between Israel and Hamas. By Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, backing sustainable ceasefire in Gaza. We welcome these developments and consider them in the right direction toward isolation the fascist Israeli government globally and ending the longer ever occupation in our modern time. 
Tim Hudak, nothing like being thanked by a terrorist. It's it's uh, the modern version of being endorsed by by the Klan, right? Uh, I um I uh, was on the other side from from Canada's uh, recent vote and Ambassador Ray, who you had on uh, more in the morning. Uh, it is tragic, no doubt. The the loss is taking place, but Hamas needs to be uh, eliminated. And I never would imagine, John, if you and I have been having this chat this time last year, that we would have seen on the federal government bingo card a standing ovation for a Nazi and being endorsed <laughs> by Hamas. Yeah. yeah, the optics aren't great, Brad. Yeah, this is a nightmare. It's very embarrassing. That's uh, Tim said that's the last endorsement you want it's one of those thanks no thanks situations um but look they are trying to uh to isolate israel they're trying to divide us as a public and uh you know these un resolutions they are what they are uh, obviously probably not dictating what's going to play out there uh, but this is a terrorist organization they need to be eliminated the conflict uh, is, is very challenging for for everybody but at the end of the day there was an invasion into israel by a terrorist organization organization and uh we're not looking for that sort of thanks and praise from hamas um so that was embarrassing thanks to y'all good to have you and uh, my thanks to mitzi hunter brad bradford and tim hudak coming up in the next half hour we got guests wall to wall ndp leader jugmeet singh is here to talk about housing i guess he wants to get equal time with sean fraser and marilyn dennis and caitlin green are here from chum f M to talk about the year in entertainment and the year in pop culture trends. It's nine o'clock.